Hello, and welcome to a new episode of On Air with Air Cargo Next. I am Yael Katzwer, the Deputy Editor with Air Cargo Next. Today we will be speaking with James Golding, Head of Cargo at London Heathrow Airport, Kenneth Kirkop, General Manager at Dronomics, and Mike Van Berkel, Account Manager at VRR. We at Air Cargo Next are very pleased that James, Kenneth, and Mike will each participate in panel discussions at our second annual Air Cargo Tech Summit in Brussels on September 18th and 19th. James Golding will speak on the panel titled Cargo Community Systems and Vertical Data Integration. The panel will discuss methods for streamlining cargo operations, the costs and risks associated with an airport CCS and airport digitalization, and best practices for involving more airport stakeholders in a CCS. I'm James, I'm Head of Cargo at Heathrow, um, so I look after a small team of three direct reports um, who lead our relationships primarily with our uh, cargo airline stakeholders, also our handlers and the broader cargo community. Um, so by that I include our border force colleagues, our colleagues from our forwarders and also broader supply chain. It's my job and my team's job to make sure that uh, at Heathrow we have the best proposition for all of our uh, cargo stakeholders and also that we're competitive, that we're competing with our European hub airports and making sure that we uh, are offering a solid experience and a solid proposition, particularly for forwarders who are ultimately choosing us as an airport in the same way that a passenger would choose Heathrow to fly from for their holidays. In terms of cargo community systems, we do have a cargo community system currently. It's uh, run by a company called CCS UK, which is majority owned by BT, so formerly British Telecom. And that cargo community system effectively deals with all things in terms of customs declaration. So it's it's quite a narrow focus presently, but I know that the team there and we work with them very closely are looking to expand the capability of that system to do much more than just simply customs declarations. And that's really at the stage where we are right now in considering what cargo community systems can do for us as we strive to make Heathrow as efficient as it can be for all of the operators. What is vertical data integration and how does it benefit the air cargo industry? I guess I'd take a step back from a digitalization perspective. I think we're still very much on a learning journey. Cargo is generally not known for being particularly digital. My experience in aviation is predominantly passenger orientated prior to joining the cargo world about three years ago. And passengers have long since used their mobile phone to get a boarding pass. You never see a paper ticket these days as a passenger. It's all on an email. It's all just a number at the bottom of a, a long chain of emails. And, and I was really surprised coming into the world of cargo just how paper based cargo still is. So I think when we talk about you know, data integration and particularly vertical data integration, lots of different sources coming together. I think we need to start from scratch, actually, um, start from the basics and say, well, you've got a paper based process, a paper based system here. How can we how can we make it digital? And then you start worrying about integrating all of those different elements of digital together so that you are completely integrated across the ecosystem. I think it's a journey that a number of different actors within the cargo supply chain are addressing at different speeds. I, I think it's it's great that there's the the desire to adopt a more digital mindset. But without a, a convening body, there is a risk 
that ultimately things are done at different paces. And that's when you get disjointedness in the overall cargo supply chain. Cargo works so well today because it's based on historical processes everybody knows and everything is interlinked and working together well. As soon as one actor kind of moves ahead of the pack, that might give them a competitive advantage, but it's not necessarily helpful for all of those other industry players who are relying on that actor for a speedy, safe or secure or sustainable operation. So I think it really requires a convening force. And often airports such as Heathrow can be that convening force. I'm not sure we are in all instances yet, but it's certainly something at Heathrow that we're trying to do. We're trying to bring other actors together so that actually there is that level of connectedness and that stakeholders are more joined up um, when they're adopting a more digital approach. What is the greatest impediment to implementing these changes? The various different focuses that different stakeholders have within the industry, whether you're an airport, an airline, a forwarder or a handler, everybody has a slightly different focus and they will be coming at these changes with a different end goal in mind. And that's what I mean about a a convening force is needed, because ultimately there will be a range of benefits that will benefit different stakeholders to differing extents. And what we really need is a plan that says, There's a range of benefits, and this is how we're going to get there to deliver the full range, the full suite of benefits. So I think the question becomes, whose job is it to to do that convening? Like I said, I think airports have a, a really significant role at a local level within their own catchment areas. But then I would look to industry bodies. And in the UK, Logistics UK is a really good example of an industry body trying to get the various different stakeholders together so that we overcome some of those hurdles. One of the other big challenges can be government. So we need to take government with us on the journey. Governments are typically very interested in what's happening in cargo because there is a big customs impact, obviously, and also a security impact. And the level of interest with which governments have in the cargo supply chain shouldn't be underestimated. It's something that we should embrace. I think all too often government intervention is deemed to be a negative. I like to think of it as a positive in that we can actually learn from how governments have brought data and digitalization opportunities to other sectors. And we can then apply those same ways of working to our own industry in a cargo sense. So looping in government stakeholders will be absolutely critical to uh, the success, particularly of of the, the custom side of cargo community systems. Kenneth Kirkop will speak on the panel, Key Advancements in Drone Development and Deployment. The panel will discuss drone infrastructure and networks, as well as new cargo uses beyond medical shipments, and will provide a rundown of progress among piloted and unmanned drone startups. I graduated in electronics engineering back in 2004. Um, Immediately after I graduated, I spent about a year at Cranford University in, in the UK. And over there, I started my career actually researching collision avoidance systems that are, of course, used widely in manned aviation, but also drones. Over the years, I've been involved in aviation pretty much for 20 years. And I could say that before joining Dronamics, I was the CEO of Maltar Traffic Services. Uh, Maltar Traffic Services is the air navigation service provider for Malta. Now in Malta, despite the size, the tiny size of the island, the airspace is quite large, so it's a big chunk of the Mediterranean. And I can say that apart from my early years 
where I was very much involved in technology development and drones was one of the technologies that I was involved in. I was heavily involved in operations of drones. And when I say operations of drones, it's from the air traffic point of view, both military drones, remotely piloted aircraft, pretty much, that are used for military operations. As we know, Malta is in the center of the Mediterranean, and therefore to the south there's quite some activity, which is operationally challenging at times. But apart from that, of course, all operations, all drone operations in Malta, especially before the new space regulation was in effect, and therefore any drone operation had to go through the air navigation service provider, whereas today, of course, it all depends on the area of operation, on the altitude at which the drone is operated and so on. So that was my experience before joining Dronemics. And uh, a couple of years ago, I actually joined Dronemics. It was a perfect fit, I would say. I find it a role extremely exciting because it brings together two things that I really enjoy, and that is the innovative aspect of technology. That is really what, what we are doing, but also the operational part. What we are offering is really a cargo mobility solution. So it involves not only the design and prototyping and testing of a drone, but I'm the general manager of Dronemix uh, Europe Airlines, which is the operational part of the business, where we are building the first cargo airline, I would say. And it is very interesting because we are the only ones, I would say, that have built a model that is suitable for a cargo airline using drones. So our drone is really a fixed-wing aircraft, doesn't look very different from a normal aircraft that you would have in, in manned aviation, with the big difference, of course, that the pilots are on the ground and they're not on the, on the aircraft. How does drone technology benefit the air cargo industry? Well, firstly, I would say that if we look at aviation in general, it's a natural evolution. The drone industry is really becoming part of the new aviation industry in the sense that there is a big drive for urban air mobility, innovative air mobility, which captures a little bit more than that. And I would say in in our case, of course, we are looking at providing an air cargo service using drones. We are a perfect fit in order to extend what the current air cargo industry offers. What do I mean by that? Will be plugging in, so to speak, to disrupt, but at the same time, enlarge the network, enlarge the opportunities. And what we'd like to do is really to serve those communities that are currently either inaccessible or they have lack of accessibility. And with our solution, given that the remotely piloted aircraft uh, does not need much infrastructure. We're looking at short runways, we're looking at unpaved runways, and a solution that is very quick to set up and to get going. I think it is a big advantage because the air cargo industry would be actually growing through our solution. Please tell me about one recent advancement made by Genomics. I would mention two, if I may. The first one and most recent is that we obtained ICAO and IATA designator codes. 
that is something that's usually awarded to to airlines, manned airlines, and we're the first to obtain that. And that means that when we start providing a service, we are at par with other airlines when it comes to the cargo side of the operation. But I would say before that, and it was the largest milestone achieved to date, it was the first flight of our full-scale drone. Um, after several years of prototyping, flight testing a subscale model, we actually flew the, the solution that will be commercialized. And this served to validate our solution. It validates also the processes and it really kicked off a flight test program that will see us launching operations in, in Greece sometime early next year. Mike Van Berkel will speak on the panel Sustainability in Air Cargo Equipment and Fuel, How Far Can We Go in 2023? The panel will discuss global sustainable aviation fuel developments, aircraft technology improvements needed to comply with new environmental standards, and the importance of regulations and government incentives for sustainability. My name is uh, Mike Van Berkel. work for VR as an account manager. Started here, I think, seven years ago as an engineer. Right after college, I, I did aeronautical engineering, so I have a technical background. But I liked the, the sales side, the, the customer side, a bit more. So I moved my way to sales. And now, uh, currently, I'm an account manager for the express market and the Asian market. And besides that, here at VR, we are working on setting up our own sustainability targets. We are working on a complete new strategy, making sure that we are ready so Customers do not have to ask us if we are ready to go with their sustainability strategies or if we are able to supply uh, sustainable products. We just want to be ready for when it comes. So we are setting up our own goals already. So as I comment here, I'm also pretty involved in making those strategical decisions, really working in, in work groups to, to set up the, uh, the sustainability targets we have. Can you tell me about some strides that VRR has made in terms of sustainability? What we are doing is we are splitting our strategy into four pillars. So it's pretty much the same as uh, ESG, which is a known strategy for, for many companies. But we decided to go with four pillars because those work better for us. It's products, planet, people, and processes. From the product side, we are trying to make sure that from raw material to eventually using the product and to recycling the product, it's, it's sustainable. From a planet side, we are making our own contributions. We have solar panels on our roof, every location, and that's being used to power the, uh, the production here and also the, the electrical cars we have. So we're making big steps in that as well. From the people side, it's safety management, making sure that uh, the people are healthy and, and fit and safe. And the processes, of course, we need to streamline everything internally. So we are setting up the processes as well. And that pretty much makes our four pillars, uh, which is the strategy for the coming years for VR. Why do you think more shareholders within the air cargo industry should be focused on sustainability? It's pretty much a polluting industry, of course. I think everybody associates flying with direct pollution, which is understandable because at the moment it is. We need to change that. So everybody in the industry needs to make sure that they are able to work with that, to be ready when yeah, we need to go carbon neutral or at least decrease it for quite a bit. What do you see as the greatest impediment to sustainability in the air cargo industry? I think probably everybody will answer that question the same, and it will probably be the cost. 
if you go for a sustainability strategy or decision, it will probably hurt somewhere because at the moment it's more expensive or it takes more time to go for a sustainability option uh, or a sustainable option compared to the normal one. For example, what we hear a lot is that people use SOF, the sustainable aircraft fuel, which is a nice initiative, but at the moment it's still twice as expensive as the normal fuels. It's interesting to see where it will lead to and who will, let's say, pay for the for the change. Will that be the end user or the companies making those decisions or will that be a joint investment? All in all, I think the cost would be the most interesting topic to make a sustainable uh, decision. We thank James, Kenneth and Mike for their time and insights as we prepare to head to Brussels for the Air Cargo Tech Summit. You can look for more coverage and stay up to date on industry news at aircargonext.com. The second annual Air Cargo Tech Summit, presented by Air Cargo Next, will take place September 18th and 19th at the Marriott Brussels Grand Place. Air Cargo Next and our host partner, Brussels Airport, are thrilled to welcome you to this event as we share the latest technological advancements in air freight logistics with attendees. Be sure to register today at aircargotechsummit.com to join our insightful speakers and panelists for sessions and discussions around air freight technology and innovation.